Kendra, was it the last time you were on that Steve no-showed and you and I just hosted together? Yeah. That, that, I think that was. <laughs> was that the most recent? Yeah, so we all yeah. were sitting down to record the uh, the Jindas, the second Jinda episode. And we're like, where's Steve? Where's Steve? And we're like texting and finally it's just like, yeah, just go ahead and do it. He had a good excuse. He had a good it was excuse. Good. It wasn't just he didn't show no, up. No, <laughs> he, he had a great excuse. But then he did yeah. it, and then Steve listened back to the episode, and he was like, we can't have Kendra on anymore because you guys have too good a, co- it was a t- host <laughs> chemistry. It's too good. That's what I said. So, I was like, ah, nope, nope, not allowed anymore. That's that. why our other podcast is just like the number one podcast on Apple. Oh, okay. so. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Sure, it's close. Yeah, it's we're all gonna, our chemistry. We're going to bring that 90210 magic today. <laughs> Welcome to Disendorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Steve Rudd. I'm Nick Gunning, and we're following the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi to the Ewok TV movies, the 80s cartoon, and beyond. Yes, today we're discussing Season 2, Episode 4B, A Gift for Shadu, with special guest Kendra Mickles, host of 9021 Here We Go. Welcome. Happy to be here once again. Yeah, for sure. Is this this is t- visit number three, Kendra? Is that right? Yes, I think this is I think number this three. Is three. I did a couple yeah. of Jindas episodes. <laughs> the Jindas. No, yeah. no Jindas in this. Episode. No, no, you closed it out. That was all all the Jindas that were fit to do. We did already. Yeah. We Thank do goodness. have the we do have the Duloks back today, Steve. I don't. Is this Great. the first yeah. time we've seen the Duloks in season two? Yes. Okay. And I think it's, I think we just mentioned that too, yeah, right? That we're we like, oh, seen the Duloks are just gone. And then, here they are. Yeah, they're back. Just in time for Kendra. Yep. Just, yeah, just great. in time for Kendra to see I was them. super pleased. Yeah, real nuanced <laughs> performance, I think, from all of the I knew Duloks. you missed them. Yeah. Nuanced. All right. Today's episode was written by Paul Dini, directed by Dale Schott. Uh, it originally aired on October 4th, 1986. Steve and I were around. Mm. This predates you, Kendra. This yes. This entered a no Kendra world. My husband was born, but not, okay. not I. Okay. I wonder if he was watching. I like to think so. Maybe. I like Maybe. to think that he was. <laughs> this was released. He was on... listening to the music, at least. Oh, right? sure, sure. It's yeah. great music. Yeah. Released on VHS <laughs> as part of the compilation Wicket's Adventures as he becomes a warrior. Mm-hmm. Now, our featured cast get- member today is Esther Scott. Esther Scott takes over the voice of Wicket's mother, Shadu. Though I feel like every mm. time they say Shadu in this episode, they say it differently. They do. They do. They totally do. It's not just me. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't agree. Yeah. I was just like, oh, Shadu? Yeah. What? I don't know. That's like... You just said Shadu like a little while ago. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it was like back in season one, Kendra, there was a, there was a big villain called uh, Morag. And she alone would call Logre Logre. And yeah. it drove me crazy because I'm like, just tell the nice lady she's saying it wrong. Now, <laughs> does Wicked have a different voice than the last time I was here? Yes. His have, voice sounds yes. very different to me. Yes. So that's the journey we've been on. The There's like a year gap between season one and season two. And season two is like basically an all new everything. It's, it's a new voice cast, a new theme song, a new color palette. Uh, and not for the better, also. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. I did like the theme song more than the original theme song. I you think. know, I was thinking about that because the first one, 
I don't know. I feel like what's nice about it doesn't the second, fit. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't fit. But the second one is like they're on the moon of Endor, you know, and yeah. Yeah. it actually like talks about some Ewoky things. So I've been kind of thinking that too. So I'm glad you had the courage to say that. Kendra. It is closer. It's true. It's just yeah. I feel like there's too much empty space in it. There's too many like. Yeah. We're like things are happening. It's just we're just hearing a little thing. Yeah. Make noise. Like it's not actually a theme song. So, I always find it. The harmony in this version, though, on the like we're having fun, is always so questionable. Did you did you notice that, Kendra? It's just like I didn't know. It's like almost you. That's almost <laughs> harmony. I think you're just singing different notes. I don't know if that technically counts as harmony, but whatever. Dissonance. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Was, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Anyway, Esther Scott. Esther Scott <laughs> is our featured cast member today. She voices Shadu in season two. Uh, she has many film credits, including Boys in the Hood, Gold Member, and Transformers. But, Kendra, hold your horses, because she also made several appearances in the 90210 franchise. She played the role of Connie in the season four finale, Mr. Walsh Goes to Washington. Do you remember that episode, Kendra? Yes. That's that's when they're they're in Washington, and Brandon's at like a delegation with the president and the task force and all that stuff, the chancellor. She's one of the people like in the in the little delegation there. But that's not all, because after she did that, she went over to Melrose Place, where she recurred for three episodes as Nurse Mary May. You got to do both. You got to get I the nine two one zero. Once you it's got like one, it's like when you go to Disney, you get the park hopper pass. You have to you gotta, do it. You got to do both. Yeah. It was was Melrose Place? That was uh, Heather Locklear, right? Yes, Heather Locklear. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. Melrose Place is I, a, it's a spinoff of 90210, and Melrose Place was tanking, and they were like, well, "How are we going to save this?" Someone call Heather Locklear. So Heather Locklear, oh, yeah, yeah, she shows up like midway through season one, and then stays for the whole series. And yeah, it it is correct that that is the I Heather mean, Locklear show. It's probably good, but I just she's just she's burned in my brain and TJ Hooker. TJ Hooker, yeah, yep. Yep. Yeah, she peaked. She peaked in TJ Hooker. <laughs> and TJ Hooker. Yeah, you're right. Her and William Shatner both just never, never managed to get beyond the shadow of TJ Hooker. <laughs> and, and Adrian Zmed, right? I mean, right. was that guy in anything ever again? Grease I mean, 2. Adrian Zmed oh, is in Grease really? 2. Yeah, he's like the, the head of the T-Birds. Oh, no way. Well, I didn't think we were going to be talking about Grease, Grease 2 today, two. but I'm ready. Yeah, Grease 2. Oof. Yeah. The underappreciated Grease 2. Yeah. yeah. It has a cult oh, following. Man. I think it's fair to say it Grease does. 2 has a cult following. All right. Oh, anyway, uh, so yes, that is, uh, that's Esther Scott for you. She's, uh, she's here as Shadow, and she gets a lot to do, which was fun. This was the most yeah. we've ever had Shadow in anything in all of the Ewoks. So uh, take us into the detailed plot. Yeah, season two, episode four, a gift for B, yes. a gift for Shadu. Tebow and Wicket fail miserably to conjure up a birthday present for Wicket's mother, Shadu. That is, until Wicket discovers a map to a lost temple that contains a hidden treasure of jewels. The group sets out immediately on their quest, despite the map warning them not to enter. Meanwhile, Gornish, the Duloc chieftain, also fails at presenting his wife with a decent anniversary present and tasks his minions to go search for one. How, how, how many years do you think they've been married? <laughs> yeah, what is, what is the, uh, the, the Duloc equivalent for like a 15-year anniversary? I, I, I hope it's an emerald with a lizard in it. A lizard emerald. Yeah. A lizard emerald. It's the, oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. You have yep. to. You have to. <laughs> so Wicket, Tebow, Latara, and Nisa arrive at the Hidden Temple. Very easily, apparently. 
Entranced by the proposition of treasures, Latara blindly runs into the temple, setting off a booby trap that nearly sends the Ewoks plummeting into a lava pit, but not before Nisa saves them with her lasso, swinging them conveniently into the treasure pit full of jewels. How about that for a run-on? The moment of joy is quickly ended since the treasure pit is guarded by a large, fearsome serpent. The group retreats, setting off several more traps, but manage to narrowly escape with one gem. Hidden in a nearby bush, the Duloc's search party discovers that the Ewoks possess a gem that could be given to their own queen. That night, Wicket presents his jewel to his mother, and she is overjoyed. Latara reveals to Nisa that she also managed to snag a gem. As she shows Nisa the gem, it begins to crack open like an egg, revealing a baby serpent like the one guarding the hidden temple treasure pit. Before Wicket can warn his mother, the Dulocs capture him and Shadu, bringing them before Gornish and Urga. Urga demands the jewel, and Wicket urges his mother to give it to them. She does, but also gives the Dulocs a piece of her mind. Or fists, that is. The jewel, the jewel hatches in the hands of Queen Urga and promptly bites her on the nose. The Duloc commotion allows Shadu and Wicket to escape. On their way home, Wicket reveals how he got the jewel, and Shadu reminds him that her family is the only gift she needs. Wicket asks his mother to teach him the moves she used against the Dulocs, and she promises she will if he breaks the rules again. Wicket chuckles awkwardly. Roll credits. There it is. Kendra, this yep. is your this is your first experience with the short 11-minute episodes. How do you feel it worked versus yeah. the full-length 22 Yes, minute? I had to text you and make sure that I was yeah. watching <laughs> all that I needed to watch. Yes. I was like, oh, this is it? I don't know. I mean, the, it has its perks, yeah. I guess, because you can do these like cute little vignettes as opposed to trying to stretch yeah. a story over 30 minutes, which we've seen... Not doesn't always work very well for in sure. the show. <laughs> well, we were just talking last time that the episode we watched was called The Totem Master, and that was really mm-hmm. well structured to be 11 minutes. This one, I liked it, actually. So I'll just get that right out there. I thought this was pretty decent, but I thought it did feel a little rushed because when they get into the temple, there's all the booby traps and everything happening. I feel like that's like 30 seconds that they spend in that temple. Yeah. Where yeah. if this was a in and out. yeah, and if this was a full length episode, you know that like the middle seven minutes of this episode would have been them just like going through all these different things, and so I did feel there was a little bit of a time crunch here. Mm-hmm. I thought they could have done without the Dulocs in it completely. I agree, yeah. right? I, I, you know, then then that would have been more time in the temple. Yeah, I feel like they could have done the whole family is the only treasure or present yes. gift that she needs. It could have like really banked on that, right? And gone back to having a moral to their episode and yeah. achieve that in, you know, the 12 or 15 minutes that the episode is. That's true because the Dulocs, I mean, are, are technically the villains of the episode, but but the, mm-hmm. you know, the villain could have just been the difficulty of getting the gem and then like figuring out what the gem is. So yeah, you're right. It it's not like they brought the Dulocs back because oh, we need a bad guy, we should use the Dulocs, you know. It's just a totally Yeah. It's just a B plot that you don't really need. Like when you're working on 11 minutes, do you need a B plot, I guess? Yeah, you don't. Right? It's a, it's, a, it's a subplot. Yeah. You don't uh, need the subplot going. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't offer anything new. It's just like an an extra like obstacle after the fact. 
Yeah. I need, I need to know if you guys heard the same thing I heard. And I had my wife listen to it, and she was like, no, you're crazy. In the beginning, when they're they're messing around in, in Logre's place, Tebow falls, and then the alligator thing falls on his head. I know that he says Kavark, but it's one syllable, and I hear an F in there, and it really sounds like there's a sneaky little F-bomb <laughs> in there. Did anyone there else? There was too much F. Did anybody else hey, hear that at all? After you said that, and then I listened to it, I was like, okay, I can see how, yeah. how you would think that. Okay. Yes. It's definitely hard to tell what word he's yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's always two syllables. It's always kvark. And this time it was at best kvark. But yes, I didn't hear that R. <laughs> and I heard a little bit of. <laughs> there was no I, R I heard a little bit of the end. Yeah. In there. So. <laughs> well, that's not the first time we've heard an Ewok say that right didn't didn't one of them swear in a battle for endor when oh, they ziplined out of the castle <laughs> it was just like yeah it was like oh fark yeah and you're I like did. what yeah what did he, <laughs> he say just totally said that yeah i think he was supposed to say kavark but yeah. it was like it came out weird it you know, came out yeah we were like whoa you bring up battle for endor which was the second movie kendra you've never seen the tv movies right i don't think so okay the second movie is a lot darker than the first one, and there's like witches and these all these castles and everything. I kind of liked the the castle in this, and the inside of it and everything was reminiscent of the castle from Battle for Endor. Did you catch that, Steve? Yeah, it kind of was. That's so really I, funny, actually, that you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. There was there was a few things that I felt like a little bit to me felt like callbacks. One was the castle. I, I felt like at the very least, it sort of is acknowledging that there are castles. On Endor, which because yeah, we've already right? seen that. We saw that once in the movie and then never again until now. So that's cool. But I also thought them sliding down and then her lassoing the hook and then swinging over reminded me a lot of Luke and Leia swinging across that gap. That's right. And, you know what I yeah. mean? So I thought there was a little bit of that in there. I also felt like there's some shades of Indiana Jones as well when they're running. There definitely was the that. End, yeah. Know? I thought it was funny that uh, when he opened the map and and sometimes when you see like goofy comic maps, yeah, the building the buildings will appear to be tall by starting small and getting big, mm-hmm. so so that you see like the shapes of I guess like caricatures, kind of like a building caricature. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's funny. And then they get to the temple, and it's actually shaped like yeah. that. It's like an upside down pyramid. And I was like, oh, what? Yeah, that's that's exactly what it's shaped like. It's not actually a caricature. It's pretty much right on. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting when they were like, the temple. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's actually shaped, just, it's shaped, like, shaped that. like that. Yeah. I liked that there Perfect. was actual peril. What did you think? Did you like that, Kendra? With like the whole, the, even though the castle sequence is short, it's like there's those jagged things up the center yeah. that they're dodging. They definitely stuff. could have been sliced in half. Yeah, yeah, we could have. If they weren't paying attention, you could have sliced the sides. But I liked that there was actual peril. You know that it actually seemed like, ooh, you know, this was a little bit more tense. Never a good showcase for Wicked. I think it's funny that this the the VHS that this was on is Wicked as he becomes a warrior because he's such a hapless like Bugs Bunny wannabe in this season, and it's really like Nisa who's doing all the work. Yeah, this yeah. was another episode like that. Yeah. Yeah, you said that 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 was the title, and I was like, did he do any warrior like things? <laughs> no. <in this> no. <laughs> no. The other little homage that I felt like I thought the the celebration that the Ewoks do at the end was very much like the celebration of Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I thought yeah. that too. It was just the something. Music, yeah, the music, the structure. It just kind of seemed like, oh, okay. So 
in some ways, this, I feel like, was the most, well, among the more Star Wars-y episodes that we've had, I felt like. I think my only complaint as far as, like, Star Wars-iness goes is that it was, like, the serpent was basically just a dragon. Like, yeah. it didn't seem very... It was like, a dragon. <laughs> it's, it's Star, like, it's Star Wars. Yeah. Do anything <laughs> with this creature, but it was just basically a dragon. Yeah, that... didn't breathe fire, I don't think, but it was just a dragon sitting on its treasure. Yeah. I'm like, and then do it, anything else. Even the color, even the color very much looked like, like a dragon from any yeah. show at that time. It looked I, like figment almost, right? The yeah. Disney figment. Oh, that's yeah. purple though, right? Well, that's close. Yeah, close but enough. the dial of it was. That's a good yeah. point. We've been talking about, even in the last episode, it opened with a little like, uh, I don't know, like a little mouse chipmunk thing with like a trumpet nose and stuff. There's always some variation on animals, but that was a very like paint by numbers 1980s kid show dragon. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, that's a good point. I had written dragon every time until they were like, oh, a serpent, and I was like, oh, I guess I got to go change it to serpent no, every no. time. Yeah, it's I was a like, dragon. Oh, You're not really a dragon. This. Yeah, why are they calling it a serpent? I don't know. I felt like there was a lot of things though that did make me feel like normally this just doesn't seem like an '80s cartoon to me all that often, but I felt like the action and like the cast of characters reminded me of like Elvin and the Chipmunks a little, but also of like gummy bears, which I think is an obvious comparison, but typically it just never gets to that level. But I felt like that's where it worked, like the gang in peril going through that castle. I thought was you know pretty fun overall yeah who built it who built yeah. the castle yeah i guess i guess it, like the, yeah. the witches or i i don't know why don't the ewoks live there I, you know right. i don't know it's, it's <laughs> yeah it's a big empty it's like a better place yeah, <laughs> yeah who, the real who made that very conveniently placed map that yeah found. exactly <laughs> that's why, true why wasn't that discovered much earlier because i mean it <laughs> took them it took them within a day right because yeah. it was, oh tonight is her birthday yeah. party yeah so they got there. So it's literally a half a day's walk. Right. So right. they keep like making to, that mistake. I like to think it was uh, Wilford Brimley's character from Battle of Endor who made that map. I think we should just retroactively make that. That's okay. Yeah, Let's that makes make sense. That Ewok can. Yeah. All right. Um, now I'm going to fully pronounce Kavark so that there's no confusion. Kendra, <laughs> if you had to choose an O Kavark moment, the stupidest moment that happened in this episode, what do you think it would be? Well, the scene I disliked the most was when they brought Wicked and his mom to the king and queen, and yeah. then we had to listen to her talk for like five minutes. It yeah. was just, I hate <laughs> listening to her talk. Yeah. So not Wicked's mom, the queen. Yeah, yeah, Erga. <laughs> yeah, what about Erga? What, Erga. what about you, Steve? I can't stand Shadu's voice, the new voice. Oh, I really? just can't. Oh, I it's so that. out of place for me, and it's so different from the way that she talked in season one. Yeah. I, th I mean, we've had a problem, I think, with every adult voice on here, like Chief Chirpa and Logre. Yeah. Like, all of those have stood out as just, like, bad and wrong. And I think a lot of the reason for that is that the voices in season one of the Ewoks felt more naturally like kid or young voices. And so yeah. when the adults talked, it was different. Here, the Ewoks are just speaking in plain adult voices, sped up a little bit. Yeah, and so I think I, it was noticeable this episode too. At the very beginning, when Wicket was talking, I thought, "Oh, yeah." I could tell that it was a right. man's voice just talking and sped up. I that kind of bothered me. I actually wasn't sure what Wicket's age was supposed to be. Like, if any of them were were they supposed to be children or in season two? 
do were they more adult Ewoks? No, I think they're supposed uh, to be like I teen. I think it's supposed to be like Yeah, teen. I think it's okay. supposed to be like 13. Yeah, yeah like st- the beginning of coming of age kind of thing. But I think because Wiki really still the, needs to prove himself. I think that's really the problem because it's been true of every adult character that it's just yeah, it's such a weird thing to have half the voices sped up and then have somebody come in and speak normally. It just that's why work. it seems weird. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a normal person talking. And I'm like, whoa. There's, there's not there's, even there's, there's there's not even a filter on the adults to make them seem yeah. like cartoony or anything. It's just. Chirpa, Logre, and Shadu are all just like, hey, hey, I just rolled in off the street. How are you? My child's an Ewok. Hi, how are you? Well, you know, well they so, do kind of have like a, like, Logre talks like this. So, I mean, it could little, be an old man, yeah. but somebody at least trying to strain their voice. Chief, yeah. Chir- Chief Chirpa's like, like this. But then you just have Shadu like, oh, thank you, Very boys. Normal. And it's just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Not even like trying. Yeah, I just, get just, that. That's how she talks, right? I get that. Well, remember so, Aunt, Aunt Bozzy in the last episode was like, ah! Oh, that's true. Crazy. That's true. All right, that's a... she, even she was like wild. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's funny. They, they, I think they swung and miss with the voices second season, man. Yeah, it's really. It is, it is still hard to adapt tough. to. We already kind of touched on Mayo Kavark, and it's just the Dulocs. I mean, in our conversation yeah. here, we've hardly even talked about him because it is just so superfluous to the plot. And I, I just, I didn't like anything that they were in. So the shaman's voice is totally different. Yeah. Like totally different. Yeah. Uh, I, they even yeah. went in a completely different direction with it that is, too. It's so. weird because a lot of the production staff is the same. So you'd think that they would be like, okay, here's what we've been doing. Here's kind of what these characters sound like. You don't have to do an impression, but try to like, you know, be in this. It doesn't seem like that at all. It feels like everybody who's like voice talent in this has never seen star Wars or watch the Ewoks cartoon and are just like yeah. rolling in off the street being like, how about this? And then being like, sure, perfect. We don't have time. They didn't yeah. want to impede their artistic, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, yeah. abilities. Yep. <laughs> what yeah. about uh Chihuahua moment for you, Nick? What was, mm. what was your Chihuahua moment? I think I like that uh, Shadu actually had a role in this. Like I know in the past mm. we've had, Maybe like Chief Chirpa has gone along on a mission, but I don't really think so. So I think the fact that Shadu got pulled into it and then remained an integral mm. part of the episode for the second half, I thought was was cool. I thought it was really it was a good use of the character and successfully sort of mixed up the uh, the regular thing of like, all right, the adults are going to stay out of this and the kids are going to go and save the village. So I, I liked it, and I felt like it worked to do sort of like a mother-son story. What about you, Kendra? I would probably say I liked the them uh, getting into the castle and going down the slide and swinging yeah. around and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. That's probably the scene I enjoyed the most. Yeah. That, that was pretty fun. It was it was the one that felt most, like, nostalgic for me as, like, a throwback to old cartoons. I, I, was, I was into that as well. Yeah. Steve? I liked the concept of the jewel being actually an egg. Okay. I thought that that was, I thought that that was really fun. That yeah. That's something like, oh, yeah, that could totally happen. Yeah. Right? In, uh, I mean, that's the, the, I guess that kind of goes back to, like, the mad, magic and mystical aspect of Endor. Yeah. That, like, of course, you know, they would think that it's a whole pit full of jewels, but it's a pit full of eggs. Yeah. You know? That, w- what was it? Wasn't there an episode of Star Trek like that? It was uh, the Devil in the Dark, right? It was yeah, these big yeah. orbs, and they were the eggs of the yep. Horta. So yeah. that, that, I got that kind Bane. of. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got that vibe from it when I was just like, "Oh yeah, they're they're not precious, 
pearls or jewels. They're actually eggs. Yes. So very interesting. I liked, so like looking at the, the moral of the story, which we, we've touched mm. on here, you know, all you need is family. All you need is like the ones you love. Uh, but I thought it was kind of fun how that played out, uh, like on both sides of it. Like the Ewoks learned that, but also like the serpent dragon, it was, she was going after her family as well. So it was kind of like a double, they hit you double there. So I liked that. Do you think yeah. her, her lost children made it back to her? Do you I do. They I returned do. them? I like yeah. to think so. Yeah. Yep. Did you guys also think it was adorable when Milani was like, I baked a cake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She it was like so bad. It was like a I disgusting... thought that was perfect for yeah. the story. Yeah, like oh, that's so that's so cute. Yeah. You know. Yep. So good. Yes, I can think of some experiences in my own life similar to that. That was <laughs> that was true to life. Have your kids ever brought you something disgusting to eat, Steve? Not really. No. When we were first married, Eric and I, I made a dish i can't even remember what exactly it was but it had a lot of spinach in it and i used all the correct amounts but it was inedible and we still talk about how awful it was (laughs) like we both took bites and i was like this is really bad isn't it and he was like yeah and i was like well we're not eating this That's it so crazy. Really yeah. You overspinached. No, I don't yep. feel like spinach is so good. That, that wouldn't have, yeah. I, I, yeah. I know, but Bizarre, it was yeah. inedible. Wow. It was too much. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Well, we oh, got, got to rate this puppy. How many yub nubs yeah. out of five, Kendra? Out of five. Keeping in mind that this show is objectively bad. So that's where... That's... <laughs> That's where the scale on the curve. That's where the scale starts. It's important to know that. Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with three point five. Can I give half points? You can. Yeah, here? we'll allow yeah, it. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Uh I don't like the Dulocks. Yeah. And I think they could have done more fun things in the actual castle. Absolutely um, agree. That's where yeah. I'm taking away points. But other than that, it was it's definitely watchable. Yeah. I'm right with you on that. I would agree. Without the Dulocks, I think I would have been comfortable saying four. With the Dulocks, I'm going to say three, five. What about you, Steve? You're not going to believe this, but I also am a 3.5. Whoa. And because because I I know, right? Um, because the same thing, the Dulocks, it was, yeah. that was the wrong episode to bring him back yeah. because they, they could, it was, they were just extra. And it was kind of like, oh, the Dulocks. And then they just didn't, they didn't do anything. I thought, oh, what, shouldn't they have? Shouldn't they have stolen the jewel before they got? And they were like, oh, we got themselves with our own net. And it's like you can still see them walking. Yeah, I thought the well, same why thing. Not just, I was like, just, just run after them. I don't right. know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they didn't even need the map to get to the the temple. I thought right. that that was a little unfair, right? Oh, yeah, Secret yeah. treasure map. So so just, so just go there anyway. You don't do locks. They just went there. I was just like, oh, of course. Yeah, when they when they first like the first shot of the Dulocks, I was like, oh, okay, interesting. The Dulocks are back. But I again, I was expecting them to be the villains of the show, just like a, yeah. a thorn in my side, not even the Ewok side, just a thorn in my <laughs> side. So. Yeah, Erga was great though. I mean, she's just unbearable. So that that was perfect. Okay. You know, and I I don't know. I guess that's voiced by a new person. And, yeah, uh, I think so. I think it was. She just did equally as well. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. We've been on a decent streak, Kendra. We've been on a decent streak where we're like, yeah, okay, it's good. So. Back. All right. We're hoping we're hoping we can write it out next time. 
back here on Endor. We're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 5, Night of the Stranger. This is one of four episodes in this season that are full length. All right. And Let's go. I think it's going to be a little bit more serious. I don't think anybody's buying presents for their moms in that episode. We'll see. <laughs> Night of the Stranger. What if, what if that one started like half the Ewoks are just killed? <laughs> that would be serious. There's been that, a would culling. Be, that would be a... <laughs> <laughs> the Ewoks of the corn come out and that's it. <laughs> it's over. Jeez, that would be so bad. Yeah. Oh man. Just like they're just new Ewoks that we've never seen before, just yeah. dead everywhere. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yes. Wow. Wow. You guys, we, we have a we have a crossover coming up between this Andorian life mm. and nine oh two and here we go because it's almost shark week. Oh, oh shark is week. it? Yeah. Shark week yep. again. Yes. Yeah, so we got to do shark <laughs> again. We got to do Sharknado <laughs> too. As long as they make you know, those well, movies. My husband just said, "Isn't it Shark Week?" And I was like, "How is it Shark Week already?" Yeah. No, right? That's, That's how it goes. Oh my gosh. That's how it goes. Yeah. It's so it's July twenty fourth of uh, twenty twenty two is the kickoff to Shark Week. So pop over to the nine hundred two and feed that week to hear us talking about Sharknado two. Kendra, what other podcasts are you oh, on? Sharknado right didn't we do two no we only did we, no, did, we did one we did one we only yeah done one oh yeah. man all yeah. right i thought yeah. we were on the third one no. <laughs> feels like two. no third one is when the hoff comes in oh that's oh, fun oh my goodness that's fun yeah right. cool cool kendra you gotta tell us what, what other podcast you're on though well i'm on 902 and here we go with, with you yeah yeah <laughs> i never call you nicholas i know though. it was weird yeah Oh, Nicholas. <laughs> um, and we're making our way through season six right now. It's a good time. Yeah. Uh, I am also co-host of the podcast 90s Music Got Me Like, where each week we talk about a different 90s song. Most recently, we will have either talked about Mr. Jones by Counting Crows or Angels by Robbie Williams. Those are good songs. ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, man. Love it. All right, so we'll be back here next week uh, for Night of the Stranger, and then over on 902, and here we go, in the coming weeks to talk about Sharknado 2. Kendra, thanks for joining us. Thanks yeah. for having me. Good Thank to see you, Kendra. Steve. It's always next a pleasure. Time. You too. This Enduring Life is brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include 90s Music Got Me Like, previously on X-Men, and 9021 Here We Go. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Endorian Life. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts.